Hello, friend. Welcome, everyone, to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 4, Episodes 12 and 13, uh, which are actually just the finale, Part 1 and 2. Like, that's literally the title of the series finale, Part 1 and 2, so... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a bold choice to, to break all of your naming conventions like that. Uh, well, last week did it as well. Last week took away the numbers from the rest of the season, but this, this, these last two are just like... Yeah, we're just finale. Yeah. Which is, I did see someone point out last week, though, that the capital X followed by the I is uh, the Roman numeral for 11. That still breaks can fix the format, though. It, it does, but the number was still in there in, in a way. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it definitely breaks the format, I agree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, so just series finale. And it's not even just those ones that it breaks the format, is that, like... The entire show, even though it changed for this season to the error codes as opposed to the the fail f- names, is that the entire thing was very stylized. It was very we've, we've got a thing in place, right? Even though we changed it at one point, it was still a new sort of stylistic computer-related system. Yeah, and this is so mundane to the point where I don't think I've ever seen a show do just series finale as the title of its episode at the end. Yeah, very weird, but. Uh, so we're going to get to obviously full spoilers um, for the show as a whole now at this point. Uh, it's weird to say that, but here we are. And we're recording this a day later than planned. Unfortunately, we had some other stuff to record last night and we couldn't do it. Uh, the interesting part of this, though, is that by the time this goes up, it will be Christmas Day. So you're getting... So Merry Christmas, <laughs> Mr. Robot Finale <laughs> on Christmas Day. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> I, I, I expect that they're all still listening to this on Christmas Day. Why wouldn't they be? I, f- I, I think they will be. I, I, don't I mean, think... what could be better? Mr. Robot's more important than Christmas. There, I said it. Uh, Obviously. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into it. I, I got notes. Although, funnily enough, my notes for the first episode of the two aren't actually that detailed uh, because it's actually really straightforward and sequential. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's quite interesting how this uh, these, as a pair, you know, I think do some not entirely surprising things. It's things we've been talking about. Uh but it actually portray- it presents it quite straightforwardly throughout, I think. Yeah, it's just kind of... Obviously, we had the weird what-the-hell, you know, kind of, like, reveal of this world last episode, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is this this first episode, um, for the most part, is just the other side of it, is, is R. Elliot's um, journey, as from when he wakes up to when he meets, you know, Felliot, as I'm calling him uh, for now. Uh, yeah. Why Felliot? Because this is Earth F. So Felliot. I've I've seen that being used a lot. Yeah, I saw it this week as well, which is why which is why I've adopted it. I saw it like immediately after we finished our yeah. review last Joe, week. Joe, I like, I like it though. I like that on this show it's not Earth One and Two, it's Earth E and Earth F. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Why not? Be different. Um but yeah, so yeah, we'll get into obviously we'll have a most of our discussion will probably be about the ending in the last, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes of the the second half, but uh, for all intents and purposes, this is one big episode. Uh, for whatever reason, they chose not to edit it as one episode and still had, you know, end credits and... Uh... Yeah, I mean, there is a definitive point where this was the first episode and, you know, and I liked it in the sense that it, it meant the second episode could have an intro that worked really well as a as a true, you know, final episode. But at the same time, it, well, that's the thing, I still kind of see this first half as the start of the final episode because it, it feels like one... One story, um, and I get having a version of it that is split into for you know reruns and things like that. But uh, the second half does, I mean, it repeats the you know the last like thirty seconds of the first one and just starts immediately. And it's like, yeah, this could easily have been edited together to just 
roll into it. You, even the music that plays in the opening is the music that played in the end credits for the, the end I'll, of the first I'll half. I'll tell you the, the main reason why, I suspect, mm-hmm. is they wanted the big, you know, Mr. Robot showing up, like, yeah, you know, sure. in the credits. And you, if you edit it into one, that would feel really out of place. Whereas if you just present it as two episodes, you get away with it. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, so, on, on the music, actually, the music that's introduced at the end of the the first episode and plays a couple of times in the second one, the sort of uh, darker theme, no pun intended, because it sounded very like Dark. There was a, a really sound like the main theme from Dark. Yes, yeah, it did. Uh, which really stuck out to me. And I don't know... I mean, I don't think it was intentional, per se, but... Uh, uh, I doubt it, no. Yeah, but it definitely gave me that vibe. Anyway, so... Elliot's talking to us again. Uh, we start off, it's just him narrating, saying, hello friend, are you, are you there? Have you been there this whole time? And I've just been too preoccupied to to notice. And it's so, like, yep, we have. Which, I mean, let's be fair, we expect him to talk to us again for the ending. Like, I, 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 We never once considered the idea that he wouldn't talk to us again before the show ended. It was a it was a complete foregone conclusion. It was, there was yeah. no way it wouldn't happen. Yeah, so, you know, uh, there's rumbling, the earthquake uh, is happening that we saw last episode, at least one of, and he gets up and he's where the planet should be, but it's not there. So that, that, that's the, the first episode really plays into the idea that this is an alternate Earth, right? Much like you know, we've been speculating and talking about. Uh, the second episode very quickly makes you feel like it isn't. Like, I, I'd say yeah. that the, the dreamlike qualities that make it feel fake start to really become apparent very quickly in the second half. Now, oh, there's, still a, there's still a little of it there. Very early on in this episode, actually, it got really obvious in the second one, but it was very quickly, and this is he's walking through the streets, where I noticed that every single car was white, and that's kind of surreal. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, at first, I thought they were even all the same make, and then when I looked closer, they weren't, but they were all white cars. It was, you know, very... It stuck out to me. Um, So, I mean, he's, he's questioning things. He's like, nah, this, this has to be bullshit. White Rose was crazy. This this can't be real. But he... Mr. Robotle starts playing. Sam Esmail held off until the finale. I, I like that those <laughs> those jokes have been made since the very first episode. Uh, you know, with good reason. And it's, it's great, isn't it? If you're going to do it, might as well just do it in style at the end and own it. So, it obviously, he stumbles across the Mr. Robot store. Um... And again, all this just kind of plays out as we expect it to, based on what we saw last time. Because obviously, as soon as he sees that story, you're like, oh, he was the one in the store who disappeared. He's the one who dropped the phone. He, you know, like all these things just click in place, and he, he catches a glimpse of of his father and runs out because he's terrified of him. He's like, you know, it's like you know, my monster's still alive here. Yeah, uh, but he follows him back to the house, and it's still the, the childhood home that he, he grew up in. Uh, the girl on the scooter, who I think we incorrectly. Uh, assume was Darlene back in ep- episode four, season one. I think she's still very much supposed to represent Darlene in that in that scene. Um, everything about it reads that way. I'm pretty sure she's the same actress though, because she looks like the same person. Just but you know, but obviously because she was like seven, she's now eleven, so she looks much. You, you could be right. I mean, it's hard hard to say. I'm but... fairly certain it is because it just she looks like no, this looks like the same kid who's now like because five years have passed, she's shot up from being a little kid to being like, you know, late preteen or even just you know, start no, teenage years. I'm with you. There are there are still plausible reasons as to why she could look like Darlene would have done. Sure. Yeah, but obviously she says you know, because she's like, hey Elliot, who's Darlene? Yeah. You have a sister, we talk about uh, uh, as she leaves, she she starts whistling a uh, Ferrero Jocker, which is what um, uh, you know in in that uh, episode four, uh, you know is is what she's whistling there as well. Mm. 
just in case you didn't quite get it, it does you know, very firmly link it back to that. So the mum comes out, sees Elliot, is like, what are you doing over there? Come over here. Don't be silly. You know, stop, stop messing around. Talks about our curtains, our new curtains, and how one little change has made everything feel so fresh. I noted that particular statement down just because it yeah. felt like it stuck out. Um, and of course, he's looking at all the photographs. He's seeing like him with his parents, but no one, Darlene. Uh, hell, he even says her name out loud at one point, and the mum's like, hey, who's Darlene? Uh, but he's like, hey, I need to check. You know, he goes upstairs. He's, he needs to check the window. He needs to check that that happened. And notably, his room's moved as well. The door that he was expecting to be his room is now just a closet. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you just argue that's because that's what the baggage is kept. You shove it in a closet. I don't know if I mean, simple. You, you could, sure. Uh, but he sees his bedroom and there's trophies and it's all neat. And it's like, this doesn't feel like Elliot. This feels normal and... Yeah, healthy. Healthy, yeah. Um, and even asks, like, hey, did you ever hurt me? Did dad ever hurt me? And of course, as the loving version of the mother in this universe is like, what? No, we would never hurt you. What, we... That's a pretty weird question, right? Yeah. But of course, this is where she says, hey, it's naturally you're nervous before the big day tomorrow. And he's like, big day? What? What's happening tomorrow? Like, you're marrying Angela. Angela's here. And this, of course, is where the temptation, if you will, of is this world real starts to... Because up until now, he's just doubting. And even after this, he's saying to us, like, hey, I really be- I'm not buying this yet, not until I see her. Yeah. And she's very much the trigger throughout the episode that makes him believe more and more that this could be a place... She's, uh... She's kind of in the same way we've been talking about Darlene, right? In this way, you know, she she everything revolves around her. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's kind of. This is the thing. After watching the whole finale, like, I've I've seen the jokes made about this online, but I was thinking this during the episode as well. Is that Darlene by the end of this? Like, I'm referring to her as Elliot's totem, um, mm, a la okay. Inception. Uh, yeah. You know, if she's there, you know what's happening is real, and that's probably true for the whole show. If Darlene's there, then there's nothing fake about what's happening. Um, yeah, and I bet that holds up. I bet if we go back and watch it, it, I bet that holds up. Uh, so whereas Angela's here's kind of the fake one. She's dangling in front of him as a hey, this is this is the world you want, right? Uh, but he goes to Angela's, and as we were kind of speculating last week, Price is there. He's the father. Uh, Angela's mom's there. They're very loving. He's wearing like you know the retired old man like you know shirt and pants. He's all yeah. friendly he's cracking jokes about ah i'm evil incarnate you know you should be scared of me i'm the father-in-law and it's all it, it only feels sinister because of who price has been throughout <laughs> the show it's, it's all perfectly you know very classic father-in-law stuff yeah and the mom brings up the present the president the present he got for her and he's looking at the photos again and like again being tempted with the illusion of this world and notably when Price makes him a drink and they're all like saying cheers he kind of smiles for the first time in the episode like he's kind of like being sucked into the fantasy it's working uh, but then of course the phone rings and this explains the phone call from last episode where Felliot called and it was weird that the, the, the phone was answered but just hung up after uh, because Price thinks it's a trick it's like oh you're good with gadgets you know you're playing a trick on us and Elliot answers and he hears his own voice and that's kind of like okay there's another me here as well which I love how the, the the entire style of the shooting shifted here because up till mm. this point, it it follows on you know in the the, the fake sheen the the very standard networky style that we'd had from from you know the last. You're saying the headroom sure. comes back in is what you're saying. It does, and you know, and, and it, it does little bits of, like glitchy stuff. You know, when he gets out on mm. the street, it kind of just jumps through things really quickly, and it feels more like Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So, and one thing I noticed as well, uh, when when he's out in the street, both in this one and the second one, is uh, there's like an advert for Heroes, and I don't know if it's specifically the Heroes TV show, because I, I don't remember if that was an actual logo that they used or Yeah, it didn't look like whatever. it to me. But, uh, but you, I mean, USA Network and NBC are, you know, both universal, so, I mean, it could be without much effort. And, I mean, that's it, they've, they've used copyright material, you know, they've paid for elsewhere, sure, true as well, yeah. but... Um, um, but given where this goes and how much we've referred to Elliot as a superhero uh, throughout the show. Um, you know, and we get that, you know, I think it's at the start of the second episode, actually, we get that discussion. Yeah, and I think even on this this poster it says heroes and underneath it says, like, uh, evil never wins or, or evil. There's, there's a line about evil yeah. uh, and that really stuck out to me, especially in the second watch when I was watching it again today. Um, so, yeah, so he goes to his own apartment. And he's looking through, you know, basically he's looking for that booklet of CDs where all the, you know, all the info is. And it's not quite, instead it's just family photos. It's just the history yeah. of his life, but he in a more normal way. And he's just like, this guy is not me. But he's looking on the computer, he's looking on the Mac. And he eventually finds, because he's basically trying to hack himself, essentially, or he's hacking it, Elliot. He's, he's looking through and seeing all these things. Oh, he's got all these friends, all these happy photos with Angela. But he eventually finds a hidden drive. So I like to, just before we get to the hidden drive itself, yeah. is... All these like it's too perfect. He's getting that itch again. That you know was goes right back to the start of the show. That whenever someone looks too perfect, he has to hack them because something mm. can't be right. But he finds this hidden drive, and what he finds there is really, really suspicious. Uh, and I mean, obviously to him, but especially to us, because what he finds there is essentially sketches and drawings of him and characters from his. But you know, we see Tretton and Mobley. We see Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. We see you know him in the hoodie, and. He, and you know, all the files are labelled like F Society. Yeah, and he questions, am I his monster? Which is obviously something we were speculating last week, you know, was, well, we were speculating as he's Mr. Robot, and this would be kind of like, you know, one step further than that. But, it's along those lines, yeah. Um, it's okay, this is all interesting stuff. Um, but notably, uh, when Felia comes in, we have the scene sort of repeat from last time, and then they sit down eventually, and they're, they're kind of talking this out. You know, Elliot asks him about these drawings and like, you know, what is this? And he says, well, you know, I, I get bored, so I created, you know, a version of me that was this hacker superhero. And it, what I thought was fascinating about this is I feel like we have talked about how he's like a superhero for a long time, since at least the, the start of season three, maybe season two. Yeah, and definitely. It's been a while. It does feel quite <laughs> vindicating to find out that Esme the whole time was thinking of it that way too. That I mean, we, he didn't we weren't see it. just we weren't just projecting. It yeah, is what you mean. It, yeah, it's actually in there. You know, like the, the, this this version of this this failure actually thought of him that way. Like uh, the amount of times we referred to his hoodie as his is his costume. Right? Yeah. So I, I really like that. Of course, I like yeah. that. Um, but he does point out that you know he doesn't want to be him because he's angry, has no life, is alone, and he's not normal. And then apologizes because he realizes he's just because he's like if he's talking to this version that he's created, he's like oh shit, I've just kind of told you yeah. your life shit. And Elliot's like, I mean he's not wrong. Yeah, but notably when he tries to leave or he tries to call the police or whatever, uh, they touch, and that's when the next quake happens. It's almost like any time something challenges who Elliot and Felly are, that the 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 world starts to crumble. Yeah, because the first one is just his arri- Elliot's arrival in this yeah. world. The second one is when he smiles and he's thinking about ex- you know accepting that oh maybe mm. I could be in this world with Angela. It, it's that moment with the with the glass. Yeah, um, 
And it's after, so Felliot falls and hits his head. I actually thought he was dead already at this point. Just so did I, actually, the, the way the, he fell. And, and it's like, well, that's a nice, easy way to just, you know, jump in and replace him. And the blood's going. And this was actually making me think of him. I don't want to spoil the movie because it's like the end of the movie. But it made me think of a, a good little sci-fi movie from a few years ago that I really like. Um, but more than that. So Angela calls him, though. This is when he hears Angela's voice. And at this point, he's kind of in shock at what he's done. But it's actually hearing Angela's voice and Angela thanking him for the gift and you have to let yourself be happy, something she says to him. Um, I wrote down he's seduced by the fantasy at this point. That hearing Angela's oh, yeah. voice and Angela actually saying to him, hey, we're getting married tomorrow. I can't wait to do this. Let's do it. Uh, this is where he fully basically decides that he's going to he live in this world. Yeah, he's going, he's going to adopt this world. And there's been no Mr. Robot until this point, for the record. Yeah, it's just been him wandering around the world. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he does appear quite quickly in episode two, but yes. uh, no Mr. Robot as of yet. Um, but Felius alive, and this is the real sort of dark part of this, is that it's not just that he's going to choose to replace him. He has to actively make the choice to not only not help him, because it would be one thing for him to just like stand by and let him die. He actually, you know, we don't see it. It's off camera. We just see him sort of reach down, but he does kill Felius. He does lean down and kill him and it's this kind of dark moment and the music is really dark and he just simply says that this was inevitable that both of them can't exist in this world which thematically is very important as well for where the show goes oh, in the next episode yeah. um but i mean that's the first episode i mean we got through that pretty quickly because it's it, it's really quite straightforward and yeah. the, like, the first like two-thirds of it the filmmaking is really kind of by the numbers un- unusual for mr robot don't get me wrong but nothing particularly interesting to talk about in the sense that it is very intentionally got a very normal tv sheen to it so it kind of you know it's less interesting to talk about in that sense yeah most of the meets in the second half that's that's for sure i think that's probably why they add these as a double more than anything is because people probably would have felt unsatisfied with just this chunk yeah no that's fair and it also makes more sense to double it with this one rather than last week's which you could have done theory. i mean you could have had the cliffhanger of him killing felia and waited a week after that for the the fina- finale done, but yeah. Uh, obviously, it just makes more sense to have the double be the last uh, week, but yeah. Um, yeah so, so there's a, there's a, just probably one. There was a great touch during that conversation with Felliot that. Uh, oh, go on. You know, he starts talking to us, and, and Felliot's like, what, "What's that? What are you doing? What's that noise?" Who oh yeah, he, he can hear it. Yeah, uh, Elliot and, is like, and that's kind of cool. That that was like, whoa, what's happening there? Do, do you know what the sad part is though? Is it was a moment very similar to us in the second half that I actually, I actually think tops it, but. Do do you think that moment is slightly undermined by the fact that we played that here? I don't think so, but I do. Oh. I, I do think the second one's better, and it makes this one feel weaker, given that we're no, talking about it in the same con, but, con, you know, same episode, the same time period. I agree. The second one's way better, but I just wanted to mention that when this happened, that was my feeling. I was like, "Oh shit!" Mm. You know, and you know, I, 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 as much as it's less important and you know and less of a big deal in the other moment i that's thought it was worth mentioning yeah so second episode obviously starts with the repeating a couple of the moments at the end of the, the first one uh he says he has to do a wipe down um and he showers he cleans up he puts on a, a tux interestingly he goes to get uh, elliot affiliate's car which is notably in the position correct me if i'm wrong here but this is where the car that he comes out of in five nine or three days after yes, five nine it's it is exactly that because i recognize yeah. the, the the graffiti on the wall behind yeah. it. it's the same car same car as well yeah no everything which notably um i think is the only car that's not white 
is this car. Uh, you could be right, yes, because it's a, it's like a big black SUV. Yeah, because um, again, every time he's walking through, because it was really noticeable on his street when he's like, you know, going out to the car and stuff, mm. that every car he was walking past was all white. It was really noticeable. Yeah. Um, but we, he gets a call from uh, from Price saying they're waiting for him at the beach, the wedding, he has to go to Coney Island. Um, I actually... <laughs> There's not a lot of funny moments in these two episodes, but I actually laughed a lot when he stole the trolley from the delivery guy. He just sort of walks up and just casually ticks, picks up the big trolley and just walks up the stairs. That is pretty funny. <laughs> I think that I think, honestly, the the thing I laughed most at is coming up in just a second. Uh, it's a nice little visual gag that that cracked me up. Um. Okay. So Mr. Robot appears though. So he's got his tux on. He's put he's put Felly in the box. He's got his cart him downstairs. Did, did you see what was on the box? That's my that's that's, that's my visual gag. The box. What was in the box? I didn't notice. Uh, self storage is what's <laughs> okay that's pretty fun um, <laughs> so Mr. Robot appears and he's like oh I was wondering when you'd be here show up um, you know and like there's a lot to catch you up on he's like oh, I can see that and I think watching this a second time especially was really interesting just from the context of Mr. Robot knowing exactly what this place is and I think it's obvious immediately because you know I only watched once, but he's he's immediately on edge he's a little bit shifty oh sure I, I, he knows but knowing the, the actual context though Mm. kind of enriches exactly every expression he's given him like every kind of reaction he has to what elliot says and the way he's trying to talk him out of this and what mr robot's purpose has kind of been since the start of the show not necessarily since the start of his creation but since the start of the show uh yeah. really you know makes a lot of sense in in this in this in these scenes early on in this episode uh but he does point out that you need to start seeing this for yourself. Uh, you know, I can't just tell you this this world's wrong. You have to see it for yourself. Um, you can't just take his place, which again, it's it actually an irony given where this goes that that's what he's trying to do right now. He's trying to take Felliot's place in this world. Yes. Um, uh, and he points out says, you're not him. He makes that very clear at the end of this as well. And, and, so. and it, it's like, it will not be easy for you to just replace him. Yeah. Uh, so he's outside with the box though. Um and Dom shows up and you knew it was going to be Dom. you don't see her at first you just hear the voice and yeah. like she's like a, a traffic cop or whatever uh, and she's investigating you know why he's parked here uh, and he acts so goddamn suspicious now this is one of those scenes where in a real world context it feels really convoluted like just delaying a questioning to get to the point where she's suspecting him of murder and wants to see inside the box but in the context of this is actually not a real world and it's it's like at this point. The, it feels like the illusion shattered and the world is turning against him. Yeah, it feels like the world's out to get him. The fact that he ends up being chased by multiple police cars, it feels like, no, the world's trying to purge the the element I that's think, invaded. I think that the moment that, that really confirms it to me here is uh, she has to see his ID, mm -hmm. and she's like, this looks nothing like you. And then that for me was like, okay, da, 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 We have to clarify the phrasing here. Okay. She does not, it's phrased very carefully, she does not say anything about appearance. She doesn't say you don't look like him, she just says, this is nothing like you. I think it's very specifically worded to not talk okay. about appearance. Fair enough. Because I think arguably, you know, where we're going to go here, I still think, theoretically, the Elliot we're going to be talking about later still looks like Elliot, but... This idea that everyone in here, except the people that Elliot's actually talking to, like, can tell that he's different. I don't know, like, the, like I, I think it's very specific that it's not about appearance. She doesn't say that. I get that. what you're saying, but I fundamentally disagree on the, the first part of that. What, what first part of it? That, that you know, that the, the other Elliot looks like, uh, you know, our Elliot. 
I think there's too many things this episode that just add up to no for me. Um, I mean, fair enough. Um, but I, she does not mention appearance. She doesn't say you don't look like him. She she just fair says enough. you're nothing like him, which I think is fair a- enough. I, you know, I, I'm willing to stand corrected. I didn't write down yeah. the line. Uh, very key. Um, so but there's a quake when she sees the body inside the box. Uh, it quakes again. So. But as we get to the subway, Mr. Robot looks very desperate, tries to convince him again, like, you have to kind of accept where you are, you can't do this, you can't just take over, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he gets to the wedding, and this is where it gets really trippy, because okay, at this point, we're not even trying to pretend this is the real world anymore, right? Uh, all the guests at the wedding are wearing F-Society masks, and there's no Angela there. Mr. Robot gives him his hoodie, because it's cold, so he's got the hoodie on. And it's very, I think it's very clear at this point that, like we're building up to that scene from episode four season one right we're going to have that scene again where he's talking to angela in the the, uh, the arcade and the arcade and the f society arcade and it just like you sort of realize it's holy shit esmail's had like this mapped out fairly well pretty immaculate yeah yeah since the start because that that's even it's a different version of that scene don't get me wrong the dialogue's different but like it's very much meant to be the because what i loved here is when when he brings up that you've been here before it, it recontextualizes that entire dream sequence from that episode. And it still has all the value it had before when we were, you know, pointing at the little hints and what they were saying and stuff. But the fact that it was literally, no, no, he actually went to this world once before, um, kind of by accident. Yeah, like it says, you know, you slipped in in your withdrawals and, it, you know, I couldn't stop it. Yeah. So, yeah, so Mr. Robot's like, okay, if, if I finally have to tell you what's going on here. Um, this is a world that you created. Um, confirms the episode 104. Um, and I do have to bring up something I don't like here, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, okay. Which part? Um, well, I said this last week. I still don't like the phrase, really, Elliot. Uh, <laughs> do you I, know what? I'm not going to lie. When he said that, I felt vindicated. In, in you know you know how you, you what you say just in the sense that you you were so I don't know telling me off is saying that and now I'm like the show itself is using that I feel justified and I'm going to criticize the show for using it I I don't like the phrase real Elliot for a couple of reasons I'll get to them more in depth at the ending but I don't like it I don't I like do. it because it takes away from or Elliot, it takes away from Mr. Robot, because to me, they're all parts of him, right? And the episode actually says that later on as well. It actually uses my phrasing as well by the time we get to the end of the episode. Um, and the way I'm choosing to take this is that this phrasing is really extreme, and it's being used to shock this Elliot um, into understanding what he's, like, sort of blockading, you know, for what he's in the way of. Um, sure. It's extreme language used by extremists but accurate language. I don't know if it's accurate. I don't like the phrasing. I think the, 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 the fact is you are just going to have to accept that that is how it was portrayed in the show and therefore using the phrase real Elliot is absolutely fine, whether you like it or not. Not my Elliot. <laughs> really, we're doing not my Elliot. <laughs> yeah, we're doing not my Elliot. I just I don't like the phrase. I actually I kind of I kind of groaned a little bit when he said it. I, I I did not like the use of the phrase the real Elliot. Um, I don't know why. I, well, I don't know why, but like, like I just I'll get to I get to it at the end. I'll get to it because it ties into the ending. Sure. Um. So, but anyway, so he says you constructed this one year ago, which kind of lines up with the, the timeline of the show. Yeah. Um, 
you trapped Greeley Elliot here, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and it's in a loop as well. Which it's in a loop, yeah. Uh, that, that theme from before. Uh, and Elliot, you know, says, so is that the real Elliot then? Uh, and he's like, as real as he can be in this deluded fantasy, which I think is very important. Um, we have never seen the real Elliot in this show. You know, we get a glimpse of an eyeball at the end. That's it. We have never met real Elliot, really. Yeah. And that's part of why I, I suggested that, you know, a, another thing that for me goes, okay, he probably doesn't look like our Elliot physically in the same way that, you know, Mr. Robot is as much part of Elliot as as our Elliot is, and they look very different. So I felt the same with this, where, you know, the, the intentionally only showing us the eye made me feel like, okay, that's because they don't want to cast someone else and undermine the performance and say, oh, yeah, this, you know, this guy's Elliot now. Well, no, I mean, but, I think the ending clearly makes it vague and open. Yeah. Uh, to what he actually looks like, but I can't actually think of a reason why he wouldn't look like real Elliot. Just, uh, to, but why? Why? I don't see any reason why he should necessarily. Well, every other personality who looks different are all based on other people. He's still yeah. based on him. Like I don't. There's, there's absolutely no reason to me why he has to look different. He doesn't have to, but I just, just I don't know. Like I said, I suspect he does, and and you know, the, and the things in this just for me kind of lined up with that maybe, you know, maybe it's just confirmation bias it, it might well be but for me that's how it felt well do you ask was a question and that final the eyeball that close-up is that yeah. rami malik's eyeball i don't know but i'm asking them, but if they said no yeah we shot rami malik's eyeball for that that scene what's your feelings on that if that's true it may not be this is the thing I, the problem with this, this line of thinking though is that that sort of close-up in movies like sometimes they'll use a body double just for the sake of using a body and it doesn't mean that it's not meant no, to be no, that character I, I agree yeah and i think it's not who the eye belongs to that was you know confirming whether it's the fact that they intentionally didn't show us yeah yeah no no no, uh, no, no, no. I, I get the line of thinking um i'm just saying <laughs> Look, if they come out and go no elliot looks exactly the same and you know that is Remy malik's eyeball i, I go Fine. Esmail's never going to come out and say that. He's no, never going to say I that. Know. But hypothetically, I would feel exactly the same about that as you do about the real Elliot. That maybe I don't like it, but I'm going to have to accept it. That's just the facts. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so he chases and he sees Angela in the distance. Yeah, she's standing off on the on the sidewalk. Yeah, and she runs off. He chases her, and we go into the little alleyway, which I've not seen in a long time. Actually, that little alleyway that leads to the, the door at AF Society. Um, yeah, it's been a while. And they go in. Same music's playing. Um, well, notably, this time she actually finishes her, her sentence and calls him the mastermind, which is when the glitching properly happens. Mm. Um, so our has a has a title in the same way that Mister Robot does. Um. Well. Well, no, because the equivalent for Mr. Robot is not actually Mr. Robot. The equivalent for him is the Protector. That's the equivalent okay. to Mastermind. Because yeah. uh, Krista, you know, the Krista in the head yeah, names yeah, them all. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, but he ends with it, he goes out, he ends up outside uh, in the alleyway again, and Mr. Robot goes to the exit door, and things kind of freak out here a little bit. He kind of keeps glitching, and he appears outside in the in the pier. And like everyone looks at Mr. Robot, like we get a little kid with a Christmas later face. There's a lot of deep fakes going on there, and yeah. it looks weird and terrifying, and I don't like it. And then eventually it gets to Tyrell. It, it turns, you know, someone who thinks Mr. Robot is turns him around, and it's Tyrell in a suit. It's not like you know, you know, frumpy Tyrell from last episode. Mm -hmm. It's you know, real world looking Tyrell. 
and yeah. he shoots him and it glitches again he's in a grave and Tyrell's digging a grave for him and we hear uh, the kids counting it's like when they're playing hide and seek in the yeah uh, and we uh, hear that uh, horrible howling noise mm-hmm. from Tyrell's last episode and then of course we uh, finally hear the real interesting part is Darlene's voice saying you know Elliot please wake up which yeah. you know obviously you know, tells us pretty significantly at that point okay he's 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 lying in a hospital bed right now <laughs> like there is yeah and i know uh, there is a, a a small but dedicated portion of the audience that firmly believes that uh, elliot is also tyrell um and i i'm sure they they kind of took you know they they read into these scenes in a way that would you know kind of back that up for them more um um, uh, you know the idea of you know it, it's it's him burying himself kind of thing. Uh, but Tyrell sure literally that... had a job at E Corp and was I like know, high up. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> I have uh, I, I have argued that myself, <laughs> and I cannot I cannot reconcile it. I just there, can't. There's too many things he's done independently that too too many other people have addressed. Like well, I mean Joanna, his wife, like yeah. <laughs> like like she. she... She was also married to Elliot? Like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Like I said, for me, it just does not add up. Um, yeah. But I'm sure there are people who, who are convinced. I know there are people who are convinced of this fact. And I'm sure that this scenes for them felt like, you know, it, 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 they probably felt pretty, you know, vindicated for them. And the truth is, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Tyrell's inclusion here or what any of Tyrell's stuff means. Tyrell's been kind of a weird character, and I'm not necessarily sure... You know, like post season one, his inclusion has been very kind of scattershot and very different. It uh, has, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know what to say about Tyrell, to be honest. Uh, but then he ends up in the the therapy room with Krista. Uh, he tries to leave. She, you know, basically confirms what Mister Robot's been saying. Uh, it he, he kind of just loops back into the room and he tries to leave. He's he's looking for Darlene, but she explains she's not here. She's out there in the real world, but it's not a coincidence that Darlene's not in here because she's the one that would actually remind him of who he is. She she's yeah. the, the the totem. She doesn't say that. I'm I'm adding that. But she describes the uh, the the personalities that were created. She says the protector was created when he jumped out the window, um, and that's Mister Robot. Uh, the one who's there to protect him. Um, and I'd argue that specifically throughout the course of the show, he's been there to try and get kind of complete the Mastermind's work so that the real Elliot can come back. Like, he's he's been there to try and help him solve, save the world as, it, as, as it's put multiple times. That You know, the idea that the Mastermind's there to save the world around so that it's better think, for Elliot. Yeah, it's, it's to save his future, right, yeah. is, is the way they put it. And I think the Protector probably feels that, okay, the best way to keep him safe is to do this long, so long-term uh it, it works out for him which kind of in a, in a way in hindsight does actually make it all work where he was very antagonistic towards our elliot for a long time and kind of yeah. over time became more along the line of thinking okay i'll help you accomplish what we're doing um yeah. hoping that that would lead to the the, the merging happening again mm. uh the second this is the thing so we've been talking about the third personality all season there's actually five of them yes <laughs> not counting the host uh there's five so one is the protector, Mister Robot. Two is the persecutor, uh, which is the mother. So that mother we've been seeing in flashbacks, where we all, which we always thought was really mean and you know, kind of terrible. Which, and admittedly, we always had the the backup of that of Darlene also didn't seem to like her very much. So the, clearly there was, you know, she wasn't a, a great person necessarily either. Yeah, but I think it's definitely very much exaggerated. Um, 
and it completely recontextualizes her death and, and darling definitely cared more than elliot did right mm. yeah so she's the prosecutor and then young elliot was created uh, he doesn't actually get quite a, a fancy name per se uh no in the scene he, he's there to uh hold on to the the emotion and, and mm. you know and the, the feelings of what had happened and then Elliot, this is the neat, neat part, Elliot says, well, she doesn't know about you talking to us. And then Krista looks right at the camera and says, oh, I know about you. <laughs> yeah. You, and, and she's, I don't know if you've written down the exact line. Not the exact line, like, but... It, it was like, you, you think you're just, you know, a voyeur just watching this, but you're involved. You're part of this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So, so, we're, we're, so, so young Elliot's the third, we're the fourth, and Elliot's the, or Elliot's the fifth. <laughs> The mastermind's yes. number five out of the personalities. Um, and, and it's this interesting thing where it's like, oh, so you're, you're basically here because, like, really, Elliot couldn't deal. He couldn't deal with what was going on in the world. He couldn't deal with what was happening. And that's where you know that Felia isn't really an accurate representation of him because, like, clearly, really, Elliot in the real world was a mess and was, you know, maybe he was the one who actually freaked out and, like, trashed the server room. That may have been him, you know, and not mastermind Elliot. Possibly, because that was something we heard about that happened before the show. We never saw it. We never saw, and we know he did, uh, you know, something that meant he had to get court mandated therapy, which is why he was with Krista in the first place. I thought that's what that was. Was the trash? Well, yeah, in the yeah. Server. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, so that's yeah. something that lines up. Um, although there is a theory online that we did see real Elliot technically once. Oh, um, and we may have seen small glimpses because because we were speculating at one point that you know some of the emotional beats where he breaks down and cries might may, may be real Elliot slipping through, because um, we we said that even before we start using the phrase real Elliot, we, we were I, saying I, that. I actually don't think that anymore. Weirdly, that, I mean that's fair, but uh, I thought it's possible. I'd, I'd have to rewatch it with new the new context to really have an opinion. But, but anyway, the, the theory, the theory is is there's a flashback in season two where at the time when we saw this, and I remember thinking this. We thought we were seeing the birth of Mr. Robot, at least the current incarnation of him. However, with the new context of the Mastermind, what we're probably seeing is the creation of the Mastermind. It's when it's a flashback to when Darlene comes over with uh, the movie to watch, and he puts on the mask and the jacket, and, t- and basically comes up with a plan uh, for Five Nine. Um, yeah. So there's a small chance that maybe at the start of that scene, before he does the transformation, that it, it actually it's actually the real or the the fully formed Elliot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that stands to reason. Yeah, uh, I buy so, that. I think yeah. just uh, on on the note, you know, talking about you know in the other scenes that we we'd speculate in the past that maybe it was the real Elliot coming mm. through. I think in the context of where we have now, I think the fact that he, you know, the the, the real Elliot has been trapped in this world, and um, you know, Mister Robot, you know, mentioned it earlier in the season that he only woke up for Darlene that one time. I think that is the only time he has woken up since he has been trapped. Which is why the the flashback still plays, like we have seen him, but yeah. you know, uh, and that was beforehand. Yeah, I think. Well, maybe then what's interesting though is like those emotional moments, like because the one I'm thinking about where he breaks down crying, Darlene's in the next room, and he kind of stands up again when she comes back in. I'm wondering if like all the moments that are potentially little glimpses of real Elliot, you know, coming through, mm. are they always in the presence or around Darlene? Are they always, you know, like you, could... you know. Yeah, I just, I felt, the only problem I have with this is, is, you know, you might be right. The only problem I have is that maybe does that undermine some of the, you know, the, the real emotional moments that he had with Angela? Well, this is a potential problem that I'm going to talk about at the end, about okay. how how this, this reveal kind of maybe undermines some of R. Elliot's progress throughout the show. 
which is not that's something I, I'm I'm sold on, but like I think there's there's discussion okay. to be had. I'm I'm intrigued to hear your arguments though, because on on first immediate reaction is I don't feel like it does, but I'm willing to to have the discussion. I feel better about it now, but when when I first finished the episode, I had some conflicting feelings about certain scenes, um, okay. based on the new information. But uh, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we get the five personalities are are talked about. Um, and she looks at us again and says, even they agree with me. Where after she says, it's time for you to finally sort of like realize the truth and accept this. And she looks at us and says, even they agree with me. And that's a little, a little wink wink because we're all like, yeah, we want answers. <laughs> Get to the answers. Uh, do you know what? On that note, I'm amazed at just how much answers we got. Yeah. Although we still have that three-day gap. And, we do have that three-day gap. And we still actually, I mean, this is the thing, like nothing in this episode or these two episodes prove the White Roses machine didn't work. It, I mean, it proves that it wasn't turned on this time. It doesn't necessarily prove that it wasn't going to work if it actually was turned on. Yeah, it may have worked if it, had, you know, if if it had been moved to the Congo and was done safely. Theoretically, yes, it could have. And worked. theoretically, Angela might have seen another world, like a real world. Yes, <laughs> possibly, absolutely. It's absolutely possible. Um, and, there is nothing damning that. And, may, and maybe that's part of the charm of this, is you, you keep that uh, open. You keep that like up to us, if we want to believe if it was real or not. Um, well, was it all just people buying into this delusion out of desperation, right? Which would be really fitting with the theme here. Or was it real? Was there something to it? I think either one, you can choose and both work i mean you could go on on, on a way i mean not this could be the sole goal because so much else was going on but could you buy that white rosie's fascination with elliot is because she knew that he needed to be woken up and that she believed that this would wake him up to an extent like just just mm-hmm. in the sense that what happened like the, re- the, the way white rose herself came out was through a tragedy and through like this like i get what you're saying uh, I don't really think so. There's too many holes in it. I'm just yeah, it, it doesn't add up to me. I'm just uh, throwing it out there as a as a wacky long term goal. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the idea uh, was to take down the evil all around him, make the world better for for Elliot. Uh, but Krista never realised that she wasn't talking to the real Elliot. Um, and then Ultima says uh, the hacker superhero. Uh, is one that really Elliot dreamed up of, and there's some nice sentiments here about like us be- maybe being our own superhero. The idea that Elliot kind of created this superhero version of himself, and like I think it's it's really fascinating that he didn't create a perfect version of himself. Clearly, yeah, yeah, clearly, yeah. Um, but the idea that he created you know a version of himself that had qualities that were better than what he assumed he had. Yeah. Um... I guess it maybe even goes into analyzing superheroes in general and the idea of like alternate personas and like, like this is almost like, uh, I mean maybe maybe Batman's a good one to compare it to like the idea that you know Bruce Wayne essentially just goes away and dies like Batman's the one who's the real personality from, so, from then yeah, on. Just on that slight, slight touch tangent on this, yeah, I I like the third personality angle on that as well. Actually, I know that that's kind of weird to you know, to say. but the idea is that you know Bruce Wayne is 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 dead. You know, it's just a mask. Batman out in the streets talking to you know Gordon and you know and doing all that also a mask. The the only real Alfred, uh, no, the only real Batman is Bruce sat you know in the Batcave with Alfred. You know when he's got his cowl down, that's the only re- and and it's it's this kind of in between where it's not he's not Bruce but he's not Batman. He's just himself in that moment. 
I don't really separate the the the, the Batman of the cave. I think that's what's much better with Superman because this, this is something that I've always said with Superman is that the real Superman is not really Superman or Clark Kent at Daily Planet. It's actually Clark on the farm with his parents because that's where he's, mm-hmm. he can be himself. I think it works much better with Superman in that analogy. But I mean, I think it works with Batman for me personally. Yeah. See now, now that I've said that, you're gonna you're gonna look at sometimes when you see these scenes and read them that way and wonder. No, I'm not, because I don't agree with yeah, you. you <laughs> no, I don't agree with you. You, you might agree. Uh, so, but Elliot says, "I'm never giving up control," and the quake starts again. And it's like, no, if you go back, if you wake up, you're just stealing life from Elliot now. Which, and of course, and, in the end of the last episode, he literally stole. You know, he killed Elliot and was going to take over. And and, and we're kind of rooting against our Elliot now. Because you know, we're like this. This feels wrong. To an extent. Um, anyway, he wakes up right, and we're in the real world for the first time in these two episodes. Uh, TV is saying, "Oh, there was almost a meltdown, but it was averted." Um, he looks over. Darlene is, uh, you know, sitting there just watching the TV, and he says her name. You know, says this is real, isn't it? And he grabs her hand, and she, you know, she reminds me, "No, if you could grab my hand, then it's real. You know, I'm here, and this is real." Blah blah blah. And she has no idea how true that is. And Elliot smells and says, I'm not going anywhere when she gets upset. And it's this little smell. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to... Anyway, it has this kind of almost like uh, desperation to it. Like where he's convincing himself, yes, I'm staying around. Like, I'm not leaving yeah. this up. Um, and she mentions the room was shielded uh, that he was in. And that's the reason why he's alive from the explosion. Uh, it was like a safe yeah. room. Honestly, that's probably one of the only things I didn't like in the episode. That oh, that one had some super advanced new shielding tech, and I don't know. That just felt a bit easy, but sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those just because reasons, right? I, I think that was the moment actually where I started to think of just put some crazy theory about White Rose wanting them to like wake up. I get that. You know, like it was like no, she's going to have him in this room to jolt him out of his, his world or whatever i don't know i get why you would kind of go down not necessarily that exact angle but, but just, just to try and explain this but yeah ultimately it's not an important detail though he it's has not, to be alive ultimately i don't really care it just it, it, it was i noticed it is, is kind of what i'm saying but notice noticeably darlene says to him you saved the world elliot alderson and it, you know it's just this kind of thing that that's kind of what he was he was told multiple times there is that he was he was created to save the world um, and he's, yeah. a, he's succeeded. Mission accomplished. Yeah, he's literally succeeded. Uh, and I wrote down Darlene's his totem, uh, based on all the hand stuff and the touching and the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he says, this, you know, this world's real, but I'm not. I'm not Elliot. I'm only part of him. And this is where the phrasing got a lot more along with my lane of thinking. Because mm. I much rather prefer to think of him as part of Elliot because... My concern with this, the real Elliot, and then this is not the real Elliot, and all that, is that it kind of maybe hurts the ending for me if I can't accept our Elliot as part of who he is, in a real tangible sense, because I've never met real Elliot. I don't care about real Elliot. I care about this Elliot. This is the Elliot that I've grown with. This is the Elliot that I've seen give fantastic... Last week I gushed over the speech he gave about, you know, love and, and people in the world, and like, do you know why? For me, though, this doesn't matter. You know, like what you're what you're getting at here. Mm-hmm. You know, with the whole you know, that that you don't know real Elliot, and we don't. But that doesn't matter to me because our Elliot, what you know, while he isn't real in the same sense, you know, he is sure he's a, a part of him, but it, it's it's a very different part. I think it's just because 
this Elliot, he would he believed he was real, right? He was convinced that he he for, he he forgot that he was a creation. He was un, unaware, and everything he experienced was still real, even if he wasn't the real Elliot. So I think for me, you know, him him having this this uh this moment where he has to choose whether or not to give that up. He feels real, even though he knows he's not. He has still had all those experiences. He still has those feelings. So that's why it works for me. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's this weird thing where, like, because this is the, the, the character that I've cared about and the character that I've, I've seen grow and learn so much, that to me, because of everything he has learned, because of everything he's actually been through, and because of speeches like the one he gave last week, because of you know scenes where he stands up to White Rose when he's trying when White Rose is trying to tempt him into accepting the machine and Angela's alive and all those types of moments, like his strength through that and becoming a better person and ultimately fighting for everyone around him, to me says he deserves to live that he deserves to be alive and to to be in the world and I'm okay with him merging with the others to like you know realize that the full Elliot you know, the version that is a, a, you know an amalgamation of all of them because they're all a valid part of them. Um, and that, that's fine. And the idea that this is an Elliot who has all the memories and has everything and every part of him. And, it, you know, and everything with, with uh, our Elliot makes sense where in the sense that there is, you know, every time like he remembered something new, whether it was Angela or sorry, Darlene being his sister or whether it was, um, you know, just what his father did to him as a kid, it makes sense that these were all things that he, you know, he didn't choose for this version to remember. And it wasn't until he was forced to confront them that he had to admit that they happened, right? Like, yeah. these were all things to try and make it easier for him. And ultimately, uh, like he he had to accept all these things, but because he went through all this journey, because he went through all these things, and he did feel like he genuinely learned and became a better person. And yes, obviously, choosing to give up the the control, if you will, and give it back to the the host, is kind of a sort of final noble act. But ultimately, the the, the host is not someone that we have met, and not someone that I care about. It, it reminds me a lot, actually, bizarrely, of a, a video game. Uh, called Firewatch, where the ending of that really frustrated me, because it told me to care more about someone we'd heard about in the past and not the character that he'd actually, the, 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 our protagonist had been interacting with the whole game, and that that ending really annoyed me as as a as a consumer I, of that I, story. I, I, I think for me though, I don't need to know real Elliot because everything is informed by our Elliot's decision and how he feels about real Elliot. And, you know, it's just this this whole, I don't know if I need him to have all, all the, the memories, you know, back in, you know, and, and, and you know, physically. Well, no, let me make this clear. It's not about him remembering everything that happened to him. For me, it's not about that. It's about everything that Ari Elliot went through means he deserves to live. He, he deserves to, to thrive and grow and continue in the life that he made for himself. So to me, he has to be part of Real Elliot. He has to be part of the, 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 the combination that wakes up at the end. He has to be part of that. Or for me, the, the character, like it's one thing to say, okay, well, this, this was the story of this personality that, you know, lived and died and that was the end of it, right? Hmm. But this is the one I was rooting for. So he has to be part of that, that, that combination. The, 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 the version that wakes up at the end has to include him and it has to be part of him that's getting to experience the life from then on because it's part of his strength. See, I just kind of fundamentally disagree uh, with that, all of that. Like, uh, for me, you know, I just... I don't feel like I need that in any way. Um, we get 
uh, you know, we go into you know the, the boardroom and they go through the corridor and it's and Elliot asks Mr. Rose, you know, what's on the other side? Is it just a is is it a void? Will we be wiped from existence essentially? And they go through and it's it's a fear. And well, they, hold on a second, you're missing a key. His response is really important here. He okay. says, "We'll always be part of him." Yeah. Um. In in terms of. Uh, you know the key emotions. You know, I think you know they come from him. I don't think it, it, for me, I didn't interpret that as we will be part of him in a almost physical sense in the way you know in the merging of personalities. For me, it was oh, we'll be part of him in the sense of you know we'll have always happened and you know we'll have always had an impact on the world in that way through him, um, and we're part of him in the sense that we come from his emotions. I think what we got to hear at the end, you know, when when they're sitting there. They're together, you know. They're a family. What you know, in 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 the in in the theater watching a film, that kind of is our Elliot's happy ending. That is what he deserved. He got uh, he got to you know have his family and 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 be together with his family, and for me that works. I guess to a point, uh, but for me again, like Elliot talks about in the boardroom, he when he's talking to us, he talks about how. We are the parts that always showed up. We are the parts that were were strong and were always there for him. We are the parts that, always... mm. and to me, what these personalities represent are actually his strengths. It's like how how Elliot's mind handled the you know handled his past and his pain and everything he was going through. These are the parts that somehow were created uh, almost uh, like a uh, a partitioned hard drive, right? That's how I would describe this. They're partitions of his mind. Um, they were designed to handle stuff that he couldn't just handle on a whole, if you will. And... I think the, the, just the, the slight problem with that analogy is you can't really repartition it and keep all the data, right? Sure, if you want to nitpick at it. like, um, But the way you're interpreting this, if I take it just as the way you're saying this, I hate the ending. I can't interpret the way you're doing it because for me it ruins the show. That's really interesting because for me it doesn't at all, and I I like it. And I love the final moment. I think it's executed flawlessly. I do. Yeah. You know, like uh, M eighty three starts playing outro, and noticeably uh, the song intro played at the end of season three. In fact, they had another song from another album that played in season uh, one, and um, I knew this track as soon as it started playing because I love that album. And um, you know, we see there's, there's this like stuttering effect on Elliot's face as he's watching the screen, and obviously the visual of Elliot sitting in a movie theater is something we've had before as well. It kind of recontextualizes why, you know, moments, key moments, and key flashbacks have been presented the way they have been. And then we go through the projector, which becomes the eye, you know, and it feels like, and this to me did feel like they're merging. I actually read this this journey through the eye as the merging because all these moments that are cycling past uh, the sides of the eye are all moments from the show. It's basically it's, everything converging together because Elliot's going to remember all this. You know, when Elliot wakes up, he's going to be aware of this world. And there's a cynical point of view as well. Yeah, okay, let's say he doesn't remember all this and he wakes up. He has to be told that Angela's dead when he wakes yes. up. Uh, so things aren't hunky-dory. Like, I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's a happy ending, but it's a happy ending with a bittersweet tinge where things are going to be perfect, things are going to be difficult. The whole point here is that he's just got a chance to be himself now and a chance to actually process it as a, a fully formed human yeah. being. No, I get what you're saying. For me, uh, you know, the, you talked about the the line about how, you know, they're, they're the ones that always showed up. Mm -hmm. For me, this was, you know, they're taking a back seat. They're not going to do anything. They're going to let him uh, kind of learn to do it for himself in some ways, you know, and become his own person without them in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think it's interesting how we've both had like kind of completely different reasons on the end. Like Durant, I can see your point of view. I can understand, you know, why you could think all of these things. Yeah, um, because and, you know, I, if, I've... if someone tells me that is the ending, and I just have to accept that, that's fine. I'll go with it. But for me, I kind of prefer this way personally. Every time, every time we've talked about this, I've always referred to because because uh, this is the thing. Like, we've essentially spoken about the same thing just through a different lens. Like a lot of this season, where. Mm. I've always referred to this Elliot, or Elliot, I mean, I don't want to call him the Mastermind because it feels so impersonal, but uh, our Elliot is that he, you know, we all talked about him being created a few months before the show, and we talked about how, and I always said that, oh, this is the version of Elliot without all these memories. Now, it's a bit more specific than that because there is kind of this Mastermind quality where you actually, you know, kind of put, you know, the, the, the core personality into, you know, this world or whatever, right? Yeah. But I've always thought of about it as that rather than, a straight-up different personality. But ultimately, like, if it's a version of Elliot without these memories, but, you know, obviously they added on the idea of him being a superhero, <laughs> you know, in, in, a, mm. in a sense. Like, there is, okay, a personality there, but I've always taken, taken it as the personalities make up parts of who the, the overall person is. And a lot of the distinguishing that you're doing there, where you're saying, oh, they'll take a, a back seat so he can do it for himself clearly distinguishes the main personality as a, just a separate entity of all these. And I don't like that as much. Um, and it does hurt the ending for me because ultimately when he opens his eye and the final line of the show is Darlene realizing it's him. Because that's the other thing we didn't mention is in the scene with Darlene, Dar when he says, I'm not, you know, I'm only a part of Elliot, which again, I like that phrasing. I'm only part of Elliot. Uh, she says... I know, and I've known since I came back. We kind of glossed over. We got such a debate about uh, the stuff that came well, after. We yeah, kind of yeah. we glossed over the rest of that conversation. Um, and I noted down that Darlene kind of you know, she says she knew since the start of F Society. She knew she knew it was different, but she and I put down the word selfishly here that she and not and not in like a pure you know not in a demonizing way, but she kind of selfishly didn't kind of challenge it because this was an Elliot that wasn't as messed up as the one she was used to. You know, because we actually get the impression from this conversation that really Elliot was actually kind of worse, that he was just kind of a wreck and she didn't know yeah, how to talk to him. They, they never really spoke because neither of them really knew how to communicate with and, each other. And part of that was on her. She said she got scared and ran away, which is kind of brings a new context into her choosing to stay. Like, you know, two episodes ago. It's yeah, like, yeah. like she was going to run again, but she chose to stay. And here she you know this idea that you know she she got to spend time with him she got to feel like she was getting close to him but it was kind of like with this blanket of you know some of the the, the rougher parts of him aren't there right now and she's aware of that uh and you know for the last like few ever since the reveal of what happened to him as a kid came up we've, we've been saying we want this this one-on-one -on -one with darlene and we got a little bit of it like a couple of episodes ago but mm -hmm. this was really the scene we were looking forward to this, it was, because definitely. even though they don't talk about the abuse that happened, she clearly knows. Like, that, 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 there was no doubt in my mind that she was talking here that oh, she knows absolutely. what happened to her. This is why him. she didn't know how to talk. I know, I know there's a point where we speculated, did he abuse her as well? Um, mm. I think this tells me probably not. Yeah, no. I, I think if she'd experienced it as well, as dark as this sounds, they would know how to talk. They would see ITI in a weird way uh, that they couldn't yeah. otherwise. Um, but yeah, she doesn't know how to talk to him. Uh, and he even says, because she asks, is he okay? And he says, I made a safe place for him. He's got everything he ever wanted. And I actually, as soon as he said that, I says, well, no, because Darlene's missing. There's one there's yeah. one key thing missing. And he eventually says that as well. Uh, uh, he, well, he doesn't actually tell her what's missing. Though. He, he doesn't, doesn't tell her, but he, he says, like, it's clear that's what he's talking about, though. There's yeah. one thing that's missing. Uh, and ultimately, as she's leaving to go get the nurse, he says, I'm only a part of him, but I want you to know that I love you. And that's the moment where you know that he's going to 
like given. He's going to let the yeah. the, the core personality and, come and out. And she knows as well. Um, um, I don't know if she completely knows as well. I don't know if I'd agree with that necessarily. I think she does, based on the fact that when she comes back, you know, we get her, you know, the final line. I think she knew that was goodbye in that moment, because otherwise she wouldn't have straight away. Uh, yeah, but there's a moment before she says hello, Elliot, that it's more like a moment of like acknowledge. She realizes that it's him. Like she has to check. It's not like she just knows before she walks in that it's going to be him. I think, I think it just confirms her suspicion though at that point. Rather, but I think she was pretty certain that that it was a goodbye, at least for me when I watched the scene. I've watched it twice, and I didn't think it, I, I didn't I didn't get that she knew that he was going to like. I don't, I don't think she did, and I've seen yeah. it twice now. So um, that doesn't mean you're, you're just because you've seen it more. You're right. I know, but I'm saying I saw it again with 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 you know. No, the, I, I get what you're saying. Knowing where it's going, and I still felt the same way. I still felt like that she didn't yeah. uh, know where it was going. I because I felt genuine like happiness in a surprising way in the final moment where mm. she realizes him and she can tell right away that it's him and yeah. says hello Elliot and I think it's genius because I think there's obviously an obvious joke like for all this season that well the final line has to be goodbye friend right because and this is a, a complete reversal on that that I love yeah th- this is uh, a good subversion of expectations yes because it means so much more hello Elliot um, mm. so perfect final moment um, definitely and I think it's interesting that there is a couple of different ways to, to read this and if if I take it literal as a separate entity and that real Elliot is real Elliot and that everyone else isn't, I kind of hate the ending. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's look. Um, you interpret however you want, right? And and just uh, and however you know, however it is that makes you enjoy it, that's great. Uh, I think uh, it, it's open enough that I, I feel like I I can see both sides here. And I feel like like, like someone who understands DID like really well could probably like say this is definitely kind of which way you should lean to but i think for the sake of a story and like a and a piece of media like this like i, I think like for well, me it has to be the way i've kind of talked about it at least to some extent because i i need to like the elliot we watched has to matter and not just in the sense that he's given everything up for quote-unquote real elliot like i need him to have part of this happy ending it can't just be a sacrifice because he's like earned I said, it. For, for me, him having you know being able to sit and experience with with a family, and that is uh, you know a happy ending for me uh, in, in that regard. So he is getting something out of it. Yeah, I don't really read that scene that way at all. Like you know, he's yeah. getting happiness because he's sitting there with his fake family, <laughs> who are really just all yeah. other personalities. I don't know. I never got that from that moment for me. Uh, I just never played that way. But I. Yeah, I, I love. Like, I, I think this is an excellently executed finale. I think it's interesting that I have loved this show almost unconditionally, and but there's definitely a way to read this ending that I don't like, and it's the first time in the entire show that that's been possible for me. Really, where I've went, if if he, if Sam Esmail ever like outright says that something to outright sort of like lean more towards what you're saying than what I'm saying, I'm going to dislike it. <laughs> No, I get that, and I think Esmail, I hope, is smart enough to never say anything because as much as uh, you keep keep his mouth shut, (laughs) absolutely. And as much as I have my opinion on, okay, that's the angle I choose to read it as, and I would not, you know, if he told me, oh no, Pete, you know, Pete, you're you're right, it's that way. 
I'm not going to be personally that upset because I still like that interpretation. You know, I just it's just not the one that I personally lean to. Um, but I think there will be a large amount of people who will be very disappointed if he ever confirmed either direction. Right? Yeah, because yeah. I think just just to kind of sum up how I feel here, like like I say, R. Elliot through this show has become a better person. He has went from like the the you know the, the creation that he started off as to being a fully fledged human being who has learned so much and realized his rights and wrongs and try to to course correct and try to be a better person uh, even through the pain and all these you know variations that have that have happened throughout and like i say speeches like the one from last week uh the the, the culmination of the, the the dark you know the, the dark army and the the, the you know the deus group stuff like all of those moments like it doesn't matter when he started it, you know it's like he became real and because he became real, he deserves to have some of the the victory. He deserves to to live and continue. And I absolutely understand all of that. I think for me, even if he does deserve that, part of the the tragedy is maybe he doesn't get that necessarily. He he's not you know reabsorbed back in in in, in any sort of sense. For me, you know, the fact that he did his job, he, you know, he made the world a better place and he can kind of go out at peace with that fact and leave the world in a better place more than not. You know, obviously, Angela's the, the iffy part on that there, um, uh, the, you know, with uh, for for real Elliot and he can leave that and, and he can, you know, be happy knowing that, you know, that he's leaving that behind and and, and also, you know, it, not only did he make the world a, a better place in terms of you know, the bigger picture, he he brought Darlene back into into his life. Because uh, obviously, this is the thing, despite the fact that they obviously had a very strained relationship, you know, because we get that from what Darlene said, mm-hmm. real Elliot obviously sought the world of Darlene. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been his trigger in the first place. So that that connection was there on his side the whole time. They just didn't really know how to communicate. I think now that, that you know Elliot has brought uh, Darlene into it, she can just communi- you know, communicate with uh, the real Elliot better from here and kind of and understands what she needs to do um, better now to help the real Elliot in that sense. So again, it's all about for me, uh, you know, our Elliot choosing to give up all of this for someone it is, you know, it's, it's the, the noble sacrifice and maybe he does deserve to live. Maybe he does deserve to be the one that kind of got to stay in control in some way. Um, if, if you wanted to go that route, but I think ultimately, you know, that's that's a part of the tragedy of it. Yeah, and there's a line actually from Elliot when he's talking to us uh, before he goes through the door where he says, we have to let go too. And it's not lost on me that I'm kind of saying, no, I'm not going to let go. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But ultimately, like, it's this, this kind of thing where in a real world sense, the way you're interpreting it might actually be the more accurate one in, this, in the way that yeah, if this is a real person and this is a personality that was created, then yeah, it should go back to the real person. But ultimately, I don't care because in the context of the story, in the context of who we have experienced this with, in the context of who we have cared about and who we have attached to and, and the journey that we, we've had, um, that, that this, like, it's, it's kind of like when we, you know, when we talk about, like, stakes in movies and TV shows and stuff and we talk about how, oh, you can say that the entire world's in jeopardy, jeopardy and millions but of people die. But someone you care about, but you it, don't really give a but, shit. But it really needs to be, like, one person being under threat is more impactful if we care about that one character, if we care about yes. that one person. Um, 
And ultimately, real Elliot, as it were, if he's a completely separate entity that we have never met and that these characters that we've been following aren't genuine parts of him that are now still parts of him, ultimately, we've never met him and he's just an idea. He's not really a, a character. He's an idea. He's a... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like the idea is fine, but I, I need to care about the yeah, characters. And, and that's okay, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We, uh, We'll probably talk about Mr. Robot again in the future, not necessarily on on a video like this, but you know, in in conversation, we'll talk about it. And I think it's it's okay that we have completely different reads on the ending. And uh, you know, I don't think you know, even though they are incompatible in terms of the the core ideas themselves, I think both of us got what we wanted out of the ending, right? Both of us, mm. if if you just if if we hadn't actually had this conversation and you just had the way you read it is the way it was and that's just it you never read any other opinion about it you'd be really happy with it and uh and you know and and, and so would i and i think ultimately that's that's kind of what matters most is uh, if if your personal read is uh, if, if as long as it fits the narrative and it, and it works for you and and this goes you know for for anyone who thinks Tyrell is is somehow Elliot as well if if all the facts line up for you, he's not. You no, know, no, I don't. I don't believe so. But but ultimately, you know, I mean, people, I don't believe that Peter. Pete doesn't believe that I'm right here at the end. I don't believe that Tyrell is connected. Yeah, in but this you've way. got more of an but, argument than the Tyrell believers. <laughs> I, I know, but hey, if you want to believe that Ty, Tyrell is is part of that, and you know, and that's you know the way that you can read this that makes you happy, great, go for it. Just you know, it. Uh, not everyone has to. Have I mean, I'll the tell you this: I am definitely okay. happy that that Darlene and Angela and everyone else we've been seeing were all real. Because I, oh, I said yeah. last week, one of my concerns was if they turn, if it turns out everything's been in his head, the entire show will be pissed. Because that, they, that would have been different. Yeah, they all have to be real, and I'm glad that there was there's no mistaking that at, by the end of this. Um, mm. which is which is good because I'd be really upset. Oh, absolutely, and I think that this would be a very different conversation if that were the case. Because as much as I, as we're having disagreements on the ending that would have been the core premise of the show thrown out of the window in, in uh, any regards yeah and, and the good thing about this is that it does it adds that recontextualization to every single time like uh, watching this show from the start and uh, now with the knowledge of the mr what's there to try and basically finish the mastermind's work so we can go away again and bring back you know the, the core elliot um and and to me just to kind of sum up why why i you know just to sort of like my last point on why I read it the way I read it is when we come out of that eye, we see a tear come out of the eye. Like this, this, this Elliot waking up, like mm. he's impacted by the events that have happened in some way. He, that's that's why the tear is there, and it's notable that we see our Elliot having a tear inside the movie theater um, before we go through the lens to the eye. Um, and maybe for me, that's my tangible link. It's like no, no, like this no, is part is, of him, yeah. like. And that's why there's a tear there because he still has the memory of everything that happened during this time, um, and maybe that's what's unique about this time he comes back is that in previous times when he's because as Darlene's pointed out, you know when you forgot again, like you know he's he's went away at times before. Yeah. Um, maybe this is what's different about this time is that this time, you know, he gets to keep the the experiences, he gets to keep what happened. Um, well, maybe yeah. It's not they don't really hide it from him anymore because now he he does get to be the fully fledged person. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, you know, you might well be right. So, yeah, that's where I stand on it. And you know, if I'm looking at the show as a whole, obviously it's a fantastic show. Obviously, it's been one of the favorites we've had. Uh, we're just about to do our top list of the decade, our top ten of the year, all those things. Um, is it perfect? No, there's a couple of faults. I, I, I think 
um tyrell actually and probably joanna joanna who was set up to feel like she was such a big deal uh her exit of the show might be the the biggest blunder just from a, a like oh that was weird <laughs> like i agree with that and it never really felt like afterwards that they justified why they killed her off that way it was just kind of like oh okay all right no i agree and may- maybe this is the biggest argument for why the tyrell uh you know is is part of elliot is that it gives some context to Tyrell throughout the show and kind of ties him in in a way that I don't think any other way does satisfyingly. You know, I, I, it kind does that of mean is Joanna's just... also Mr. Uh, Elliot? <laughs> no, no, I think Joanna, in, in, from what I've read, Joanna is real and is, is married to Tyrell. And it, it's more, um, less that Elliot is Tyrell, you know, in, in, the, in the sense of, okay, but more Tyrell was, so to speak, kind of the core personality, the, the real Elliot, so to speak. Uh, okay. From, uh, in in some ways. Um, so you know he actually did have that job, and you know what he did as as Elliot was you know this extra personality that was created to go and do something different uh, you know on the side. Uh, but I, it, like I said, for me, it just doesn't line up. There's too many things that yeah. just don't work. Uh, but I mean, I I understand why the appeal is there to try and contextualize Tyrell in a way that fits the narrative better. I think it's okay that it's part of it's just not perfect. I think that's just okay. Like, it proves that Esmail's a human being. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, not every single line of the show connected to be this masterful thing. Only 95% of them did, and 95% is a pretty good number. <laughs> it is, and I think we can safely say Esmail is the best director on TV in the last decade, if nothing oh, else, sure. whether, whether you feel about the, the he's, show. He's, he's doing Battlestar Galactica. He's doing a sci-fi show next. He's actually going to be doing space shit with robots. Like, uh, if anyone didn't check out Homecoming, uh, for whatever reason, because, I mean, you know, Amazon didn't really promote it at all, and, you know, you, you might have missed it. That's all directed by Esmail, and it's fantastic. Again, he's, he's producing another USA show that's starting in January. He's not writing or directing it, admittedly, but he's producing one. Um, and he's got a movie with Ryan Millett coming out next year, and he's working on Battlestar Galactica. So there's plenty of Esmail-related content uh, popping yes, up and, in the future. And I think maybe maybe some people have opinions on him as a writer that are slightly different to us, but I think as a director, I think it's pretty clear uh, th- that stuff has been flawless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the rating is pretty immaculate as well. Like, I, the, uh, we're both on that opinion. Let's like say 95%, yeah. Um, but I, I think the di- the direction is even higher than ninety five percent. Is kind of what I'm getting at there. Yeah, uh, absolutely immaculate TV. Um, yeah, uh, you know this. It'll be a while before something feels like it's filled the void of uh, of Mister Robot. We, you know, obviously we were kind of spoiled in twenty seventeen with both a season of this and Twin Peaks. Like Twin Peaks, like if Twin Peaks came, if that new season of Twin Peaks was after this, that'd be filling the void of Mister Robot for a year. Um, yeah, but. You know, we don't have, you know, as good as some other stuff is. I mean, well, I mean, it's not quite the same. It's a very different type of show. But, I mean, Better Call Saul is kind of in the caliber in terms of quality. In, t- in terms of quality, it absolutely is. But it gives you such different feelings. Yeah. And, and, again, it's so, so character, right? And they're on this is as well. Uh, and, you know, again, both have excellent direction. Um, but it's it's such a different feeling that I get when when we watch that and we talk about that. We're we're talking about it's all about the tragedy of his life, right? And and how how we're just wanting things to go differently. Uh, this here we we are 
theorizing about all sorts of things over the past few years and uh you know and, and unpicking things in a way that I don't think we did with 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 Battle Assault ever. Uh, uh, we probably never will because it is a you know, phenomenal show, but it's not designed to be unpicked in quite the same way as this. No, I feel like when we're talking about Better Call Saul, we're more talking about just the craft of rating and the craft of direction and just how, it, how yeah. it handles its moments to these perfection sort of I think scenes. Twin Peaks is the probably the only thing that we've covered that's been close to the same discussion as Mr. Robot. And yeah, Westworld kind of dabbles a little bit in the mystery, but it's not quite it's the same. It's not quite there, is it? Yeah. As good as it is. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, you say, oh, what will you know, we'll fill the void next? And I think there'll be something that comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, we won't know. Again. Yeah. It won't um, be something we can predict and, you know, or, or coming up and we'll go, oh, that looks like it's going to be that. And it'll just be something we try. And I mean, it'll be. I mean, the obvious ones maybe Esmail's Battlestar Galactica, just because. I it's mean, him. maybe sure, but but, uh, but maybe he goes somewhat more traditional with that because he wants to do Battlestar Galactica in some way, not be yeah. weird Esmail stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, he's going to get these big budgets for it because it's going to be a bit more of mainstream appeal, and therefore maybe not quite as wacky. But I am sure, probably still very tight in terms of what it's doing. Oh, but I'm, I'm sure, if nothing else, his direction will still be you know excellent if he's directing any of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he will be. Like he's just I'm sure he'll at least so. the first one, and probably some others. But you know, don't know if he'll be doing all of it like he has done with like this and Homecoming. Because mm. I think he directed all of Mr. Robot from season two onwards, every episode. I think uh, he did a handful of episodes in season one, and then all of two, three, and four, which is quite a lot, really. Oh yeah, so that's a shit ton. So and especially on TV, that's unheard of, really. Yeah. Uh... Jeez, uh, do you know what? There's so much recontextualization that, like, there would actually be an argument for reviewing the whole show again at some point, <laughs> like going through each episode <laughs> with with the knowledge of what it's actually doing. It would be a completely different set of reviews because we would be doing yeah. full spoilers from the start of the entire show, and it wouldn't be. I imagine there wouldn't be as long per episode, but there would all there would be an argument for like, no, let's watch episode one again with the knowledge of what actually is going on and what Mister Robot and actually talk represents about it in that context. Yeah. Like there actually would be enough there to do that, and that, I'm not suggesting we do it anytime soon, but I think it's a possibility. At no, some point. I, I, I kind of agree. Um, uh, the Mister Reboot, we'll call it. <laughs> so terrible. Perfect. That's what it is. It's perfect. Damn it, dear. And I'm sure I'm sure there's like ideas and theories that we've had all over the season and past in the show that are probably worth bringing up again and recontextualizing. But I can't remember them all because we've brought up so many goddamn many, and I'm sure a lot of them work and a lot of them don't. But yeah, like obviously we talked about time travel for a lot of season two. I think it was that we were talking about that mm. a lot. Um, we talked about the plane theory at points, and, and oh, okay, we kind of got not an ending to that, but kind of a a reference to it in a way. Mm. Um, no, I think all these things you know are interesting and going knowing which of these crazy theories are true and which ones are kind of just nothing. Uh, red herring, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. That's Mr. Robot. That's the series finale. And it's, you know, uh, series finales are kind of this, this wonderful thing that only come along once in a while, but it's a show you really care about that's been good throughout, and you get that send-off where it's like this heartfelt goodbye and uh it's, it's always kind of a special moment so do cherish it if you if this is if this is one of the first big shows that you've really become obsessed with and this is your kind of first time that you've you follow the show through at the end uh really enjoy the the ending feeling because mm. as, as long as they don't flub it which can happen uh it's kind of a special feeling you know i remember feeling at the end of buffy i remember feeling at the end of 
you know, Lost and the end of uh, The Shield and like just Breaking Bad, uh, Breaking Bad, yeah, all all these different shows and some some do it, pull it off better than others. You know, uh, sometimes you know you'll be surprised with how just how good the Fringe finale is. It's like, hey, they actually like made one of the best episodes of the entire show and really did this beautiful bow on it that I did not and, expect. And sometimes they're just kind of really safe and nostalgic and like, hey, look, we made it. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I mean, that was that was fine. It was it was it was all right, but you know, it it doesn't satisfy you in the same way. Yeah. So. There you go, Mr. Robot. Let us know what you thought of the finale and the ending and the reveals and all the rest of it. Um, get us on the Twitters at Mail.scorefuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and everything we do, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. More people will find us that way. If you want to support us financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash TV. You can do that for as little as $1 per month and keep all the content coming. Uh, and of course, you can check out all the stuff we're doing. We're working through Expand Season 4 from Amazon right now be on the same feed as this obviously also on youtube uh on the netflix feed we're just started lost in space season two uh so you can check out that obviously uh, there's a lot of stuff coming in the near future very, as well very different type of discussion on lost yeah. in space uh better call saul's coming in february um and we have a lot of stuff coming in january and march and just you know so at the start of the year and hopefully one of the new shows will will strike a chord and become our new mr robot but uh, only time will tell yeah but hey ho that has been us that has been the the Mr. Robot series finale discussion. Uh, no doubt there's a hundred million different theories and interpretations that you can add to it in the comments. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. And as weird as it is to say this at the end of a review, it's because it doesn't feel like the ending of something, but hello, Elliot.